Welcome to an audio stream from San Marino Community Church, featuring our own pastoral staff and various guest speakers. Well, thank you to the Virginia Road Band and Jenny. Thank you very much. It's good to be back with all of you here on this kind of drizzly morning this morning. We're continuing on the journey. Uh, Our whole theme for the fall is pressing on. And uh, this story from the book of Exodus that we've been studying throughout the month of September is a perfect text for the whole theme of pressing on. There are all kinds of ways that we get bogged down in life, stuck in the mud and muck, unable or unwilling for some reason to press on in our own lives. And this text of Scripture is really a rite of passage for God's people. And we all have our own rites of passage to confront. I invite you to listen for God's word as it comes to us from Exodus. The angel of God who was going before the Israelite army moved and went behind them and the pillar of cloud moved from in front of them and took its place behind them. It came between the army of Egypt and the army of Israel. And so the cloud was there with the darkness and lit up the night One did not come near the other all night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. The Israelites went into the sea on dry ground, the waters forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued and went into the sea after them, all of Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and chariot drivers. At the morning watch, the Lord in the pillar of fire and cloud looked down upon the Egyptian army and threw the Egyptian army into panic. They clogged their chariot wheels so that they turned with difficulty. The Egyptians said, let us flee from the Israelites, for the Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and chariot drivers. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And at dawn, the sea returned to its normal depth. As the Egyptians fled before it, the Lord tossed the Egyptians into the sea, and the waters returned and covered the chariots and the chariot drivers, the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea. Not one of them remained. But the Israelites walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore, and Israel saw the great work that the Lord did against the Egyptians. And so the people feared the Lord and believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This past spring, I had the occasion to attend a family memorial service. I have uh, told you some about it in the past. It was a memorial service back in the Midwest for my mother's cousin. He lived a long and wonderful life. He was well into his 90s when he died, and he was a very accomplished musician known internationally. I went back for his memorial service, and... um, There at the service was one of his younger brothers, his brother Joe. Now, Joe is a twin, 
And Joe's twin's name is Joanne. Joanne happens to be Joe's primary caregiver at this stage in his life. Now, I said he was a younger brother, but he's well into his 80s. And in the last year, he's had a stroke that has left his left side of his body paralyzed. So he walks with difficulty with a walker. We gathered in a family home and were having conversation, and when it was time to leave, Joanne asked me and my brother if we would help Joe across the threshold of the front door, which we were happy to do. I mean, between the two of us, we're easily 450 pounds. We're like the twin towers on either side of Joe and his walker. But the door to the house was narrow. It wasn't built with ADA specifications. And the first step over the threshold was a steep step down to the concrete staircase. And as we helped Joe to the door and he slowly worked out the walker, I watched as he took his foot and tried to step over the threshold and down. It was remarkable, the panic and terror that he felt. Something that all his life he was able to do effortlessly now was a cause of fear and panic. His eyes widened. His breathing became short. He whimpered as he tried to step down on his one good foot. Now, I think that must have been what these children of God were feeling when they stepped off of that shore. Panic and terror. They had no idea what to expect. They had no reasonable expectation that there was any way forward. Behind them was the Egyptian army hot on their tail, and in front of them was an impenetrable obstacle. How are they going to get out of this situation? Their eyes widened. Their breathing became shallow. Their heart quickened. And they took that first step. And down they went and across, and you know the story. It's the story of the salvation of God's people. It's a story of movement from slavery to freedom, on the road to freedom. It's a story of sheer terror and panic, and it's a story of the people of God wanting to do anything but go forward. Let us just go back. But there was no turning back. There was only pressing on, even in the face, and especially in the face of overwhelming odds. Because life requires courage, and life requires trust, and life requires faith. At the end of this story of deliverance, they came to understand the power of their Redeemer. It wasn't their cleverness that got them through it. It was their own weakness that was exposed in the midst of this story. It frightened them. But 
That which Israel could not do for itself was accomplished by the grace of God and God's power that sheltered them, that buffered between them and harm, that provided a way forward when there was no way forward. Have you ever felt up against it in your own life? Have you ever felt like I'm, I'm looking at where I'm supposed to go? I can't see my way forward. I don't know what's going to come out of this. You know, the interesting thing in the story is it's not only about God's power and ability to redeem his people, but it's about the human agency of Moses and the children of God having faith and confidence in God's ability to redeem them. I remember as a young father when we were trying to teach our children to swim, they were terrified of the water. They were terrified of not being able to stay above the water. And so I would get into the pool and I would coax them to leave the side of the pool and take a few strokes, a few dog paddles towards me. And when I showed that it was safe enough for that, then I would coax them again, and the minute they'd leave the side of the pool, I would take a few steps back. Because I knew they were capable of more than they thought they were capable of. And you get a little bit of the sense of that in this story. Here is Moses and the children of God worried about their future and how they're going to move forward. They're complaining, wanting to go back. And God is saying, come, you're capable There's human agency in the midst of God's redemption. Maybe for you, you felt up against it when a parent died and you were grieving. Or maybe your parents were divorced when you were younger. Or maybe maybe it was your own battle with disease or cancer. Or maybe it was just a broken heart and you couldn't see the way forward. Just yesterday, I I was in a wedding, officiated a wedding here in the chapel or in the sanctuary, and at the rehearsal on Friday night, people were greeting one another, and one of the groomsmen was a medical student on the East Coast, and uh, he was greeting some people, and they were talking about his apartment, and they remembered his apartment, had a nice balcony, and he said, oh yeah, that was right after I had applied for medical school. And I actually think I was thinking about jumping off that balcony. And, you know, and it was just an acknowledgement that, you know, when you put an application in, everything is riding on the response that's no longer under your control. There's lots of times in life, lots of rites of passage where we feel completely powerless over life. And it takes faith. And it takes trust. And it requires Courage. The Bible is full of people who are up against it. Just think of it. Adam and Eve. A family squabble ends in the death of one of their sons by his brother's hand. They're up against it. Abraham and Sarah, without a family, without children to care for or children to care for them, they were up against it. Moses had to stand there in front of Pharaoh in Pharaoh's own court and say, let my people go. 
demanding freedom and justice for his own tribe. Young David had to climb down there in the valley with a whole nation watching him and go up against Goliath. Young Mary had to explain to her fiance how it was that she got pregnant. I'm sure he was all ears. James and John had to explain to their parents why it was they weren't going into the family fishing business. Zacchaeus, he had to explain to his partners why it was that he was giving money back to their customers and making contributions to the poor. All of the disciples, all of them ran that night when Jesus was arrested. Talk about panic. Talk about being terrified. They did everything they knew how to do to save their own skin. Denied him, abandoned him, cursed him. And so you see, the deliverance of the Lord is always so much more about the Lord than it is about us. But it requires something from us. It demands our faith and our confidence and our trust and our courage. These texts from Exodus, as you may know, are the most significant biblical texts of the civil rights movement in this country. Martin Luther King Jr., who was the most influential figure of that entire movement, preached from these texts more than any other text. The effort to gain equality for the children and grandchildren of former slaves were built on two foundational pillars. The first was the natural right to freedom of the children of God. And the other was the constitutional right in our American principles to equality. The brilliance of the movement for social change was it was founded on faith and it was founded on the constitutional rights of the American people. The inalienable right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It was a promise that was unfulfilled for large numbers of people in the United States and it still is. Martin Luther King Jr. referred to the black community as the children of God over and over again in his sermons. He repeatedly emphasized that God was on their side and would ultimately lead them to success if they stayed together and they pressed on in the face of opposition, in the face of overwhelming odds. I fear we have nothing that comes close to that today. All we hear is these fractured and violent voices now. And rather than voices that call us to our highest ideals, we have too many voices that call us to violence and armed conflict. Here's a quote. King in no way rejected the foundational American values. He purified them. 
He consolidated those values by insisting that only when the revolutionary rights they guaranteed were shared by Americans of all colors, creeds, and nationalities would they truly be Americans, America's foundational values, end quote. You're probably all familiar with the I Have a Dream speech that he gave in 1963 on the mall in Washington, D.C. to 250,000 people. He said this, Now is the time to make justice a reality for all of God's children. Later in that same speech, One day all of God's children will be able to sing with new meaning, My country tis of thee, sweet land of liberty, of thee I sing. And still later in that same speech, he claims, When we allow freedom to ring, we'll be able to speed up the day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of that old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, great God Almighty. We are free at last. Isn't that what they sang on the other side of that river of water when the Israelites saw the deliverance of God? The road to freedom requires faith and courage and trust that the God who delivers us will deliver us even in the face of our own helplessness. Now, You all know, because we've been promoting it and talking about it for weeks, that today we start this class on the Reformation, and we handed out these little quotes uh, the last couple of weeks. Martin Luther, uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s namesake, he stepped out in his time in faith against both church and nation. We'll be learning about him starting today, this afternoon. He wrote this. Our lives begin to end the day we become silent about the things that really matter. I recently heard that that quote is placed outside the Earth Cafe in Pasadena. Not attributed to Martin Luther. I don't know if they know who to attribute it to. The salvation of Israel was nothing other than the work of God, the Redeemer, and the Savior. The people said, weren't there enough graves in Egypt for us to be buried there and not in this terrible place? Why did you bring us out to die here in the wilderness? Better a slave in Egypt than a corpse here in the wilderness. They lost their nerve in the face of overwhelming odds. But that is precisely the moment in our lives where it calls upon us to grow in faith. To believe in God and his ability to redeem us. And to trust that even in the face of overwhelming odds, God will deliver 
Courage is not the absence of fear. It's the ability to take action in the face of fear. So what are you up against in your own life today? And what steps lie before you that simply scare the bejesus out of you? As a nation, I wonder, can we rise to our highest ideals? Or will we allow ourselves to descend into the lowest form of tribalism, suspicious of anyone and everyone who is not part of our tribe who is different from us? We are on a road to freedom, make no mistake about that. We cannot go back any more than the children of Israel could turn around and go back to slavery again, no matter how much they wanted to. We can only go forward and we can only press on, believing that the Lord God who is before us is also the one who's behind us, protecting us. And the one who is beside us in these great walls of water that look so frightening but are kept at bay by God's protection and shelter for us too. It does require something. It requires this, putting one foot forward and then the other. It takes walking in faith. It takes stepping over that threshold that's in front of you and stepping out in faith. Take that step and trust in the God who is before you and behind you and beside you and able to redeem you too. In the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit, amen.